1: expect killings red spilling and flesh ripping impressive in it the death bringing his head spinning just kidding every word in this song's about two grown men dressed up as a bird and a dog, 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 dog. welcome to the wolf and our podcast oh i keep do, i keep doing it like i need to find a new way of you're uh, really going
0: for that old school garage vibe aren't you like yeah but
1: i always go for the old school garage vibe I,
0: I, need to th- I need to think of something new like, maybe listeners could write in. Maybe you could do it like a country and western singer. Do you know what, Tom? Yeah. What are we? 30 seconds
1: in, you've come up with a brilliant idea. Could you please write in suggestions for how I can introduce this podcast? What I would love is if you didn't suggest accents that would get me cancelled. Would be great. Which would be the like, best accent you could do it in, like a sort of... Uh, well, I haven't got many accents. I'm not quite as gifted as you.
0: I'd like to see you like do some sort
1: of ditty um well we've got a theme tune are you saying on top of that you'd follow up the theme tune to the podcast with another song
0: with like a little no little ditty like hello there i'm rummish they call me the gorgeous owl with me's a ferocious wolf whose actual name is Tom." okay so you don't (laughs) want it to rhyme at all no (laughs) it doesn't have to rhyme ditties don't always rhyme them do they not no i i found
1: that quite frustrating what that that song no, I like the song and I liked your voice and I like the delivery and I liked everything about it. It's just that when you set up that something's gonna rhyme and then it doesn't rhyme,
0: I find that a bit in country and western music, I which I am quite a big I quite like, I quite enjoy. Favourite artist? Willie Nelson probably I love Willie Nelson. Since Willie Nelson's voice just starts, I just sort of feel that I'm laying next to him in a sort of yeah. forest and sort of like he's got his guitar and I'm just sort of laying down looking at sort of up at the trees and the starry sky, and he's just... Mm. He's, uh, it's weird.
1: When I when I hear music that I like, I just sort of enjoy it. I don't imagine I'm in Brokeback Mountain with the
0: artist. <laughs> yeah. Look, any Western, he's just sort of like, we've made camp. He's gone, well, why don't you just sit down down there, Tom? I'm going to sing you a song. And I'm like, thanks, Willie. And I, I've probably made dinner and stuff, like some, like, like I don't know, cut kind of steaks. But like if you're with us, I've sort of probably just done you some sort of, I don't know, like that's... Is it that difficult <laughs> for you to think of a vegetable? <laughs> like a butternut squash risotto or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, how do you think Willie Nelson would feel if we're out sort of doing <laughs> living that, that life? I mean you set up the fire to fucking knock up a butternut squash risotto. Have you ever made a risotto
0: on an open fire?
1: I have. Not on an open fire, no, but I've made many a risotto, yeah. Risotto,
0: on a there's something very, very rewarding about doing it on a, in a either like a sort of barbecue pan or uh yeah. Mm. It's uh, uh
1: here's my thing with risotto and well, uh I'm Don't go in on this, risotto. I'm not going in on risotto. It's, risotto is great. Really like it. What I would say is that. I have to really be in the mood to make it to make it because it takes a long time and it and when I say it takes a long time what I mean is you have to be at the pan the entire Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the Mate, entire if you walk away from that pan
0: you might as well just yeah. fucking call Domino's yeah yeah as you walk away it is I think it's the closest you can come to being actually in the pan yourself Based on what? Well, just um, I don't know, because you have. to does even. Do you know what? It doesn't even deserve a follow up question. No, like you've just. Said. But you know, like, okay, right. You know when you watch like F one drivers and stuff, right? And someone who is so akin. The fuck is this guy? <laughs> so so akin to like <laughs> the situation they're in, right? Like they're so akin to the situation. Like Lewis Hamilton you know what, becomes it, 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 one it, 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 with the car, right? Lewis does Ham- he? Yeah. What are you basing
1: that on? Just have you ever seen him drive? Yeah, I mean. Uh, why does Lewis Hamilton come one well, with the car of, the other All stone? of them do all of them become okay,
0: at one with the car. Anyone, gr- okay. like, you know, it's like, you know, Tiger Woods, the golf club just becomes an extension of his arm. Okay, yeah, David Beckham comes at one with his boots and with the ball, and it's just like... Okay, a- yeah, okay, I get where you're going. I, think, <laughs> I don't need any more examples. All right, go. All right. When it comes to a risotto, you become one with the pan and the spoon, or the spatula, whatever you're cooking with. Actually, probably. I'd imagine. Yeah, a spoons. Quite okay.
1: Different. Yeah, I think you could have got. I think you could have got to that final sentence without all the examples. Actually, <laughs> no. But uh, but but the, the, my problem with it is that when you're when you're like adding the stock or whatever and then throwing in a bit of white wine or whatever you do it, um, it's still not guaranteed that it's going to taste great, mate. Do you know what I mean it's like it's a bit of a lottery when I make? It. I think herbs are essential seasoning is absolutely essential yeah no. no you know what i'm not seasoning or putting any flavors in that's the mistake i'm making you're right no, you're right what a fucking idiot what, what a fucking idiot what
0: you're doing is making porridge
1: <laughs> yeah i put some oats and uh, and some almond milk and then fifty. have you ever made water. savory porridge no but i tell you what i have done is um I was, I was on TikTok and some chef was saying, even if you're making sweet porridge, make sure you add quite a generous amount of salt in the cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's a, that is a game changer. All day long. To
0: the, All day long. It is such a game changer. I, you know who I think is really disrespected amongst the world of sort of like oats and um, pulses and stuff? Pearl Barley? Uh, 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 okay, oats and pulses I wouldn't put together.
1: <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> No, but you know, do you know who I think is really dis-
0: disrespected in the world of like pies and
1: curries?
0: <laughs> no, but, no, but in my kitchen, in my cupboards, yeah. the oats and the they reside with all the rice and yeah, yeah, I know,
1: and You often say, you often say to Catherine. What do you fancy for breakfast this morning? Like, do you a porridge or a tarka dal? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no but it's... No, but I do think pearl barley, sometimes I just look at like a little bag of pearl barley and think, fucking hell, right. you've had it tough. Well, how do you mean? Well, like everyone's, everyone knows about rice and oats and lentils, but not everyone knows about pearl barley. And yeah. it does a great job, man. It really is. A, it's a real... Well, when, do you use pearl, when are you using pearl barley? You know what I like to do? Is I like to get some Mediterranean vegetables. Yeah. I dice them up nice. Little glaze of olive oil. Little mm. bit of oregano maybe on them. Little mm. salt, little pepper. I put them in to roast right okay you don't want these to you don't want these to burn you need to keep a real eye on them okay then i go to the pans i pull out the pearl barley i look at it and say now it's your turn right i then put that on to uh boil in a little bit of stock making sure it's soft and it's gorgeous right i then add the pearl barley to the pan with the mixed vegetables i give it a little stir and uh yeah maybe throw in a little lub of butter to sort of give it that real glazy feel that sort of like coating that makes you just go oof it's, it's winter and i don't care um yeah, yeah
1: it's uh yeah it's, it's actually a very simple dish that you've kind of elongated the preparation of isn't it
0: <laughs> no but that's how that's how I... it's
1: like what you fucking take 10 minutes to describe how you make beans on toast <laughs> <So> you... <laughs> Well, I you, could... take a, you take a little, you take a little bit of central bread, <laughs> slap it on its arse, stick it on the toaster. What you want to do is you want to stick the toaster on free. You don't want to overdo that bad boy. Then you get yourself the baked beans.
0: Rotate <laughs> the tin in your hand. Must
1: be <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you that give story tin, about my dad. Give it. the tin a little tap three times on the top just to let the beans <laughs> know you're there, and then you pull back on that ring pull, and you say, "Hello, babies." <laughs> It's time for you to step into action. Sorry, Leo, go
0: on. Did you ever? Did I, ever say, I remember going for a meal with my dad once in the family. Yeah. And uh, when the waitress came to get the order, she said, "Um, what what are you after, sir?" And he said, uh, "Oh, it's a soup, Heinz. And she said, "No." And he said, "No, don't worry about it then." Oh my god! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have I told you about my dad being convinced that Indian restaurants treat white people better? No. My my dad had this theory when we were kids that Indian restaurants just didn't bother to to treat Asian customers the same way that they treated white customers, right? But which is, I I think there may have been some evidence to support his theory. I mean, he must have based it on his experiences of going into Indian restaurants. But what it meant was he'd go into every Indian restaurant with a chip on his shoulder. I love this. This is
0: genuinely (laughs) one of my favorite things.
1: So we. we we're just, is it, weirdly going, just
0: quickly just jump in. My dad says it's about pubs that you become regulars in. Like, oh, really? Yeah. What that you don't get treated as no. well as? Right, no, right, right. No, no, no. You get yeah. Once you become a regular in a pub, they couldn't give a fuck about you. They know they've yeah. got you. You're done. Yeah.
1: So this is the time. Remember, when, this is the time when back in the eighties or whatever, nobody nobody was so fae with curries as they are now. So in that time, you know, no people run. Basically, I'm explaining. to My dad was asking about a biryani, even though now. Everybody knows what a biryani is, but anyway, went to the restaurant and he said, my dad said to the guy, "Does the biryani? We were about to sit. We sat down, ordering, and my dad was a pretty relaxed guy, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is what shocked me so much. He said, uh, "Can I just ask, does the biryani come with rice?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, it comes with rice, you know." And then my dad went, "No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> if I knew, I wouldn't have asked you. The question was, does the biryani come with rice? Don't tell me I know. If I." It was just like really fucking went into one Oh wow! and then the waiter just went really quiet and I, I find it, I don't know. I used to, if my parents used to complain about shit, I'd find it so embarrassing. Yeah, 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 It was yeah, like, yeah. it basically, it
0: basically ruined the meal. <laughs> Isn't it like such a weird thing, like of your parents complaining, it's just such like, oh, no. like even, um, my mum still talks about this moment, like with absolute pride, like when we, um, we went on a family holiday, right, with like all my cousins and stuff. And uh, we went down to, I think it was like fucking Devon or Cornwall. Yeah. And um, my parents and like took, like my uncle and auntie and some friends of the family all invested in a really shitty old um, hospital uh, minibus, right? So it was cheaper to travel in that rather than free cars. Um, oh, my God, and, really? Yeah, yeah. And they sort of set it up like we were getting on a plane. Um, but it had wiped down seats and like bench seats. It was like, so they did, it was this horrible old, like genuinely all of us used to get in it, all the kids and you'd all duck down until you're sort of 20, 30 miles away from home. Just so no one saw you in it. Um, Now I look back in and look back in. It's a lovely lovely thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we all went for these fish and chips, right. And we didn't have much like money at the time. So it was like things like going for a fish and chip supper, like as a, like eating out basically at that time. Was like a yeah. big deal, like everyone. Oh yeah. yeah, and it, we all basically went into this fish and chip shop, and uh my uh, basically we all grabbed that fish and chips, were eating it, we covered it in salt and vinegar, right? And then one of my cousins notices that there's flies in the, uh, oh. in the vinegar, like loads oh of dead flies, god. right? Oh my and god! And she she's like one of my favourite people in the world, right? But she is like she's like if she could create a scene out of anything she'll fucking make a mess you know she's more dramatic than me in these these situations like we'd vie for you know but hard to imagine but she she literally started screaming right screaming yeah right pointing at the vinegar like all the parents are like you know we're like oh my god like dead flies you know and my mum sort of stepped into action. Right? And my mum's like, this is disgusting. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. How sad is this? Me and my sister were so excited to be at an actual fish and chip shop and didn't think that we'd get any other food for the rest of the night. eating out. We were wolfing down the chips with fl- dead flies. In. And my mum was like, it's one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've ever seen. It's everyone else in the restaurant is just like going, "Oh God, this flies in a bit ago." Oh, and the people are going, "Oh my God, we haven't seen her. I'm so sorry." And then you've got two fucking kids just wolfing it down, going, "Don't take our gyms away."
1: <laughs> I, I had a, I had a, a really embarrassing experience. As a, this is about me being a fat kid again, but um, we went to an Indian restaurant with some. My mum and dad used to be like friends with lots of different Sri Lankan families and we'd 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 often be like going and like go and socialise like go to their house, they'd come back to us. Every weekend my mum and dad were visiting somebody or having someone over, right? I love that. So um this w- one particular night we went out to a Chinese restaurant near where this family lived in Pearlie. And um, you know, I was quite self conscious about my weight, as I was for every day of my life and continue to be so. And um I uh basically was pulling my chair in and the waitress was sort of helping me with my chair and I <laughs> I accidentally like shifted the chair onto her foot, like the, the the foot of the the chair, and her face sort of crumpled up in agony, right? And then she started crying, right? Like,
0: oh my god! Like, <laughs> I know the Chinese like, restaurant you mean in perley as well. It's quite, it's yeah, the quite one, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. With, with the waitress with the limp, <laughs> but, but it was it was just
1: foot. yeah, it was just um. It was just so embarrassing to be self-conscious about being overweight and then making a waitress <laughs> cry with the weight of your body. What did everyone do? Well, everybody tried to sort of style it out and kind of move on. But the fact of the matter is, is that the fattest kid at the table had managed to injure the waitress
0: within seconds of arriving. <laughs> Man, it's so... Like... <laughs> she was properly she was properly crying. <laughs> it's chair. so fucking... Um, just weird you talk about Chinese restaurants my dad's best friend was a guy called willie like william and he was like a chinese guy and he had uh chinese restaurants and fish and chip shops all around like sort of our area but we were like similar thing actually was he rich he was pretty well off yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. but he my dad used to do his car and my dad got on really well with him he was one of those people he was rich but you wouldn't know like, you wouldn't know he was rich right yeah you know? right but um they, they were like really close friends of ours and still are you know growing up and uh we used to Chinese uh, New Year and like we used to go to Chinatown with them and like or go to like these Chinese restaurants and and uh, we used to sort of like it was one of my favourite ever memories. But I remember going to One Keys for the first time and eating downstairs and having like um, chickens, chickens feet and stuff and like I was the only I was like this little English boy who just eat any, li- literally eat anything because I was always like my mum was like it was a ridiculous thing how greedy you were as a child. But it was like, yeah, I used to love going like, to sort of places like that. And like the first time going for curries and stuff. And cause my dad doing what he did for a job, he he had like such a sort of like wide diversity of friends who sort of like would drop in stuff. And, you know, it was, yeah. My mum was really obsessed with healthy eating. Did I tell you before that my mum was like, mum used to send me to school with like lentil crisps and stuff. My mum was like, we didn't have chocolate in the house until I was like eight. Um, really? Yeah, my mum was like, yeah.
1: But my, my, my yeah, my mum was the exact opposite. She thought that you know, she she had she saw no negative effects of sugar. She just thought <laughs> sugar was a great way of making kids eat something. You I know
0: mean, what, so but I think your mum's got it right because I rebelled so much against it. Like as soon as I could eat sugar and like like at school and stuff, I was such a fucking greedy piece of shit. Yeah. Whereas I'm one of the healthiest eaters you know. Yeah? <laughs>
1: I've had no ongoing issues from it. I I I uh, uh um <laughs> like I, I genuinely like when I look at how Lisa was brought up, like and, and like every, I I've had to have so many like I've had to have so much dental work and stuff done, whereas Lisa's had to have none. And um, she was brought up the same way with you as you. And also you've not had any fillings, no, have you? No, no, no. No, there you go. So I think that's a
0: result of like Yeah, but like now, I, like even Catherine said you and my mum said to me "I'm like, you need to look at what you eat and drink. Why? Because I was literally like I've lost a, relative, a decent amount of weight because I'm doing yeah, what you're yeah? a good boy. But I still like like when my mum was here the other my mom and dad came and stayed and um I was like having I mean, fucking she was like you had three co cans of Coke, you're like having chocolate bar. Like that's disgusting this, right? This is this is genuine of the lowest things like and Catherine's constantly sort of having a go at me about it. I brought Catherine as a sort of joke gift from um, Grace for Valentine's Day I brought a loads of bits but from Grace I brought her we have a you know we're doing the night feeds and everything So mm. I brought her, like this selection box of Cadbury chocolate like bars right because we've right. we have a joke about people buying fancy chocolate but you can't be Cadbury's kind of like yeah. sounds hilarious <laughs> right, go you gotta be there um, <laughs> it's what we call rom- romantic tit-a-tat um, <laughs> and I ate all of the bars in Catherine that I brought for <laughs> Grace right to the point where she came down. Uh, over uh,
1: but how, how did this... Did you eat them in all in one sitting? Was it grudging? No, 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 the, no, like, no. I mean, I probably
0: day. ate sometimes too... Like, I'd go and have a crunch in and sit there for about 10 minutes and go, actually, had double-deckers probably. I don't think Catherine even likes that. I convinced myself that I was doing her a favour until yeah. she went down there and there was one fucking dairy milk there. And she was like, what the fuck is this? And she told my mum this. My mum was like, oh my God, we really have to do something about like what he's eating. And then like... Oh my God, so they stage an intervention? Yeah, well no, because then obviously me and you were... My parents came to look after Grace and uh, Catherine last, last week because uh, things me and you talked about and I'm like, my parents were very, very amazing to come and do that. Yeah. And uh, me and you were on the... We were gigging and, and whatever. But then like, I'm sort of... Like, but then Friday night, I'm like, oh, let's get a fucking fish and chips, right? Mm. Saturday, I'm like, this... My dad loves the curry. My dad's upset, and at the curry house near us, as I've said before, is amazing. So my dad's like, it's the lorry. He you know. But then for lunch, I'm like making paninis and stuff and having chips, and my mom's like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of an intervention of like, you, you just because you've lost a bit of timber probably through stress and anxiety, um, doesn't mean that you can just eat whatever you want because like there's still that visceral fat. It's the biggest prick you can have.
1: Yeah, sure, but 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 like, um do you think you've got a problem?
0: Well, yeah. If I, I've got a problem, with, I've got a very addictive nature. Yeah, yeah,
1: I have too. Uh, so, Flow, shout out, Flow, amazing, by the way, Flow,
0: boom, 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 yeah. like smashed last week.
1: She got me. um Like, you know, it was my birthday on Sunday, so uh, yeah. Well, she which got you me... kept very.
0: Uh, we'll talk about this. I'm very annoyed with you. You kept it very quiet. Yeah,
1: annoyed. Okay. You kept it so quiet. So she got me, as I think I've talked about in the podcast before, uh, I love black truffle crisps, right? It's a bit bougie, I know, but I love them, right? They're so good. Anyway, she bought me like a little, for my birthday, bought me like a little food hamper thing with two massive bags of those black truffle crisps, right? And, And it's so dangerous for someone like me, man. It's like every 10 minutes or so, not 10 minutes, a bit of an exaggeration, but every now and again, I just pop over to the drawer, pour myself a bowl of crisps. I'm not even hungry. Not yeah. even hungry, right? No, I'm with you. And then just smash through 400 calories of crisps for nothing.
0: <laughs> it's so mental. Wait, I literally, this this is like where me and you fall So it's like, I brought a load of, like, oh, this is pathetic. I was really worried, right? For some reason, you know, you know, do giant wotsits, right? Yeah. I was really worried that giant wotsits were just going to be a temporary thing and... That mm. it you, you know
1: what I, I I think actually I'm starting to think because this is a running theme with you I think for the sake of your of people's health and safety these companies need to say exactly what's going on with these yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. with these products anyway, I brought
0: God. an insane amount of giant whatsets right like the hot ones and the cheese ones yeah and they're in these fucking great big bags I can see it yeah. and Catherine like the amount of times in the last six months Catherine's come in and gone have you eaten another big bag of giant what's it's that tone, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, but like, disappointed in you, and just like, absolutely, like, baffled by a human being who can eat a big, massive bag of, and then she'll go, "I might just do some popcorn." I will go, "I'll do me a bag." Like, <laughs> like I'm a fucking bin.
1: I, I cannot have somebody in the house be eating food and not have a bit of that. I, I, oh. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. No. It doesn't matter if I've just had a massive dinner. <laughs> If Lee, if Lisa hasn't had dinner, she comes in or something. She goes, "I think I might do myself something."
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll have a bit as well. I'll have a bit as well but mate, It's so it's fucking pathetic, mate. That uh, literally, my parents arrived on Monday. Me and Catherine had had uh, lunch. My mum comes in and goes, "Oh, it'd be nice to have a toasty or something." I made them both a toasty and I made myself too. Of course, you <laughs> did. What, what is what? Why is that? It's so it's... fucking like. Like, what are you doing to yourself? I know. Like, I have a problem that I think the world, is. at some point, they're going to go, all oh, right, everyone, that's enough for eating now. You've got two yeah. days off it.
1: And my mum, you know when my mum drops off these uh, Sri Lankan care packages? For yeah. Me? She, will, she will sometimes, she, she'll go to me, Romesh, I've done you enough for a few days just to sort of stick that in the freezer or whatever. And then later on that night, she'll text me again, how was the food? And I haven't got the balls to tell her that I actually finished it. I, I finished <laughs> three day supply of curry in like two cities. Sometimes I, I, I've, I've done it to the level where I actually feel uncomfortable. I, I feel really uncomfortable. I'm sat on the sofa oh, going, I don't think my body's designed to contain this amount of food. Like I think I might burst. <sighs> do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, I'm you, in pain because of how much food I've crammed. You know I mean?
0: My- you mean you've got that one lucky thing that you do feel like that, right? I've got a friend, right? who says he never feels full. Oh, God. He just eats and eats. And, and you know the saddest, most annoying thing? He's right. not even that big. Mm. If I was to introduce you and I'd say, oh, this is da-da-da, right? Yeah. you go, hello, oh, mate. How are you, all right? Oh, nice to meet you. Look, I didn't do your voice then, actually. It's annoyed me. Um, mm. And he'd be like, hello. Oh, you know, big fan of your work type thing. And then I'd whisper in your ear really quietly and go, that's the guy who's never full." And you go, fucking hell, you're joking.
1: What I'd hope is you'd have the actual fucking common sense to maybe just tell me before. But, well, two things. One, I don't, it's not essential information. <laughs> Second, why lean over and whisper it to me in front of him like a bad sitcom?
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, but, like, just so you know. Right, okay. Just so you know. When you And then I reckon you... Some of you would go, why did you have to bloody whisper that? But another bit of you would go, what? Mm. So you'd prefer it if he was it was massive, would you? Yeah, because then I'd, I'd feel better about myself.
1: Okay, so you're sort of throwing him under the bus so that you feel better yeah, about because, yourself. Yeah, because
0: like, if, I, if I was never full, I'd never stop eating. The only yeah. thing okay. I have no, in my corner it, is that at times I sit there and go, oh, I didn't need yeah. to eat fucking... I didn't need yeah. to eat a large fish and chips and then f- f- finish off everyone else's chips yeah. and batter. Do you ever have that where like somebody will say something like, oh
1: God, I- I've-, I've got to stop eating. I've, I've actually, I've a- eaten a donut and a half this morning. And you think, what the fuck are you talking about? I- I- I've i eaten a donut and a half before I've even registered I'm eating donuts. <laughs> like, don't-, don't come to me with your pathetic <laughs> examples of gluttony. Thank you very much.
0: Since I was a kid, right, as well, the thing that I always get whenever I go around someone's house for food is this, right? You turn up, they go, well, we've cooked loads, loads and loads. Lucky enough, Tom's here, if there's any left over. <laughs> I get it all the time. it as a kid, done an extra 10 fish fingers just in case Tom's hungry. Yeah.
1: The, the only thing that sort of saves me is, is being like vegan or plant-based, whatever the fuck you're supposed yeah, to call yeah, it, yeah. Um, is that I can't. That limits. Do you know what I mean? If, it, otherwise, I'd be eating everyone's leftovers. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I look in the fridge and I think, "I oh, was a big thing of pasta there, but then it's got cheese in it." So I'm like, "Okay, well, that's the
0: only thing yeah, that's stopping yeah, me from yeah. devouring the whole lot." If I was at your house, I'd be eating it. Anyway, we should move on just to say about your this birthday thing.
1: Oh yeah, go on. Yeah, go on, Jonas. I was going to move on. To so so minutes.
0: so quiet about it, man. We've spent all week together last week, and you didn't mention it once. Like, yeah, why would you, why would, why would a, a man in his 40s mention his birthday? Because it's like, I'd have liked to have got you something. You don't need to get me anything. You, right. you, you're my, fr- yeah, you but you're being... also, uh, you're my brethren. Sure. The thought of you waking up on your birthday and Lisa and every, all the kids just sort of like swaddling you in love, right? Mm, mm. And then Lisa going, Oh my God, there's a massive present at the door. And you going, What the bloody heck? And then you'd walk out and it would be saying from me, And you go, that bloody guy.
1: You'd like that, would you? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, couldn't even do me the birthday present of not doing my fucking voice for like time. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of last week, can we just say, Tom and I uh, were absolutely buzzing after the Wolf and Al shows. And uh, we did the Hackney show on Thursday, Saffron Walden Wednesday, and Soho on the Monday. And all three of those shows were so much fun. And um, actually, at the end of the Hackney show, I, 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 this is slightly embarrassing, but I, I, I would just be in the interest of being open and honest with our listeners. We're kind of a bit overwhelmed, weren't we, with uh, the response at the end
0: of that show? Like genuinely, yeah, I felt very emotional. It was like, yeah, like just crazy. It was a lot of lot of love in the room, man. Lot of love. All, all, all three of them, yeah, all three of them. But yeah, I think just, uh, yeah the size of Hackney was just kind of like, wow, that's, that was a very special thing, my brother. And I, yeah. like, I looked at you and I didn't think I could love you anymore, but I remember like just holding you and your sweaty sort of brow, just sort of like sort of sort of filling into my sort of shoulder and sort of like just holding you there and just thinking, yeah. fucking None of this, just, uh, just none of this happened. <laughs> um, I take, but, but speaking of sweaty,
1: um, the room upstairs. After we had a few people come yeah. in and like visit, it was so fucking hot. Yeah, it, it was, was like yeah. so insanely hot. And and other people, I've realized now, I don't. For some reason, I feel I find it embarrassing to comment on the temperature of a room, or Why? I just don't do it. I I don't know. I was stood there, absolutely baking, like sweating, Fe- like sweating so much that I felt slightly uncomfortable about talking to people because I thought I really am, I am basically fucking <laughs> moist and um and at one point lisa mcgrillis shout out lisa mcgrillis and uh i was chatting to to lisa and mandeep dylan and lisa um said it's really hot in here isn't it and i was like yes it is hot it's almost like i've been given i've been liberated from not speaking up about it as if somebody yeah as if somebody really terrifying was in charge of the room's temperature it was uh yeah i mean i would say that's one of the most boring things i've ever said but
0: anyway no, I think it, I think it's true. I think that yeah. I Personally, I was like, as I've said before, I keep quite a sort of a level of cool about me, mm. and sort of like yeah. And also, I sort of stood over on my own a little bit, like, just to sort of like yeah, just to take in the wonder. Um, And it was nice actually because I was sort of just watched you work the room, and I thought, fucking ah, that's my Tom, brother,
1: Tom. Tom, Tom, you have never <laughs> seen me work a room. Okay, I can guarantee it. Do you know why I know that? Because I never have and never will. I
0: love I, you. I, 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 just you're don't, so, I, I just don't. you so sweet. It's so true. You find a couple of people that you sort of <laughs> know and then you just hang on to them.
1: I find those, look, I find those, I find groups of people frightening not frightening but like i just don't like it i the the, the idea of navigating t- through a group of people like that i find i remember once i did an edinburgh show uh at the pleasant's courtyard and i'd finished the show and i walked out and in the courtyard was like loads of comedians i knew uh that's, that's ed gamble what james like. acaster yeah, lo- 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 loads of loads of nice people um individually lovely blokes uh, lovely people, We've got a lot of time for them. I turned around and went the other way because of the, because n- that that sounds, no disrespect to them. I just, I, I found it too anxiety inducing to, to,
0: to walk through. and This sort of talks about the level that we we're both at in Edinburgh. Like I could name the people that I would have sort of been hanging around with or seeing and they were, yeah. or nearly no one would know who they were talking about. <laughs> Curly and the Banana Man or something yeah. like that. I, I I did, uh,
1: do, you remember, do you remember Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah, Sorry, sorry, I don't mean Hot Tub Time Machine, I mean Hot Dub Time yeah, Machine, yeah, I remember that? You yeah, yeah, So do you know they used to do that in Edinburgh? It was like the yeah, time-travelling like, disco yeah. night. It's a great night out. Um, and then I, I, this, I, I went to a few of them, and one of them I went to, the fire alarms went off in the gilded balloon, so like they evacuated the thing. And everybody said, oh, we're carrying on in the, I can't remember what bar it was, some bar, like, it was like some main, like, foyer bit of the pleasant. And I was like, I was walking into the thing and I, the doors opened and I saw everybody there and I just fucking went home. <laughs> I like just,
0: I just couldn't face the fucking face This <laughs> is like, a different, like I was such an outsider in those situations. Like, yeah. like you know, like you go to the, everyone, everyone would go, oh yeah, everyone's going to the library. But I would spend the whole month trying to get into one of these bars. Like trying to sort of like lurk around just enough, or just make friends with one person who might be able to get you in, and then eventually you get in there, and then realise that no one wanted to talk to you anyway. No, it's like
1: yeah, I, I do think I do think it's one of the reasons that I sort of uh, fell out of love with the Edinburgh Festival is that, um, is that kind of networking. I think it brings out the worst in people. I, I think that like it, it, it makes people really competitive. Yeah. Uh, it makes people constantly compare themselves to each other. You, you're getting reviewed out your ass.
0: You're looking reviewed at people Reviewed as well by, by people whose opinion is, like, without being, those Edinburgh reviewers are the lowest reviewers like, for the most part. Like, we've talked about this on, on here before, I believe, but I think that they, the, the relish they take in just sort of like really like giving a kick in to someone who's just started out and probably what I'd say is the most nerve-wracking, fucking lonely uh art form there is in stand-up comedy the relish they take uh in doing that it's, it's even more lonely
1: in edinburgh the the, the 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 thing that's horrible is like you do your show and then you get a couple of shit reviews in the first oh, week man. or whatever and then you know that you've got to do it for the rest of the month you know you, you either just sort of grin and bear it
0: and but also say, the I fact that all of your sh- all of your peers know right so know. then you've got a thing it's of walking, so horrible then you've got a thing of walking into somewhere You've got a bad review, a real stinker, right? Yeah. And all you hear is people going, oh, I might come and see your show. Oh, I'll definitely come down. It was quite hard to get tickets, but I'll sort you something out. And then you'll go, hi, guys. And they'll go, um, hi, hey, hey, how are you? All right, is the show going any better? And Because you know, no, everyone's, there's an element of good people and support there, right? But you feel like such a fucking loser. The amount of times doing a show at 10 o'clock at night, finish at 10 o'clock at night, I'd literally just walk home. I wouldn't even, my show would be bad. I was like, it was soul destroying. I'd walk home on my own, just sort of thinking, why am I even here? Man, what am I even doing horrible, this for? a horrible I've, feeling, man. I've got fucking weeks of this left yeah. doing a show I don't believe in. Not just that I don't believe in, no one does. Do
1: you know what? I, 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 uh, not that this, not that this podcast is about advising people on how to do Edinburgh, but the, the, the last time I went, I made a th- I, I took Lisa and the kids came with me because Lisa's pregnant. Because I'm an insensitive husband and father, um, but that was amazing. Do you know what I mean because, like, yeah, but
0: it was about more than comedy, then wasn't it?
1: Yeah, cause, but then you you just do the show and you're not you're not just thinking about comedy nonstop. It's much better. Anyway, Tom, sorry I didn't mention it's my birthday. Okay. Yeah but,
0: yeah, but I will get you something, a you little token, anything. No, like no, a ring no. or something. You can you know, you wear it weekends. Why do you give
1: me one of those little friendship rings that falls apart if you take it off? <laughs> so that you know. Do you remember those? Yeah, I do, yeah. So, Loads of, of people had them, their couples had them, where it's like, you can't put oh, it back together. I wonder, where you you'd even it, get, I, I
0: wonder where you'd even get one of those. I don't know. Like a pinky ring one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's talk about the, uh, I know we're not a topical, this isn't Mock the Week, but, can we talk about the big news of the week, which no, 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 is Will Smith, Will yeah, Smith, yeah, yeah, slapping Chris Rock. Now, I, I want to shout Chris Rock, Rock's chin.
0: Oh my God, looked like he hadn't even been hit. Man, do you know when I first watched it, I was like, oh, is this staged? Like, yeah, a lot of people said that. Because yeah. just the way that, for, like this sounds really fucking, I don't, you're going to rip me for it, but, like the difference between, like, when you have done like martial arts or boxing or whatever. Oh, my God. No, but how you punch, and then the yeah. difference between stage punching and punching in a film to make it yeah. look overly elaborate so people yeah. can, you know, if you watch anything, right, there's, there's always these big sweep of movements. So if you go back and watch Will Smith's, it's like a big, it's not like a punch that you'd, you'd normally do. It's like a quite a staged punch. But then he's obviously just had, Insane amount of fight training over his life.
1: That's I I guess. I guess he. I. I, This is pure speculation. Obviously, all of this is pure speculation. I've not spoken to either Chris Rock nor Will Smith about this. Who both um, are big fans of
0: yours and your hip hop. Oh, massive, massive
1: fans. I know. uh, Will Smith, uh, when he was um, (laughs) when he was promoting After Earth, I know that in a lot of interviews he talked about Judge Ramesh as a a sort of a a thing that he would watch to kind of get himself in the zone, but. um, Two things. One, I don't think he wanted to really... I don't think he wanted to properly hurt Chris Rock. I no. think he just wanted to
0: show that he's pissed off. If you go back and watch it just quickly, he laughs when Chris Rock... I know, Chris and, Ro- then, and J- then Jada, Jada does Jada a look. Yeah. looks very upset. Yeah. Yeah. But that, so then- you know that just after that moment, the camera pans back to Chris Rock, something's said.
1: Yeah, either something's said or Will Smith looks across at his wife... Yeah. ...and thinks, fuck, man, I don't want my wife to feel like that. So he's yeah. gone up. Or he but yeah, it- feels
0: bad because he laughed and he shouldn't yeah. have... But... Yeah. but-
1: the thing that's so mad about it is you're at the Oscars, right? And that is a long walk from his chair up to Chris Rock, right? Yeah. And Chris Rock is laughing because he thinks Will Smith's going to do something funny uh, as he would do in every other instance of this happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 so you sort of think that is a lot of time to reflect on whether you should carry on with this. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. If, if, if Chris Rock's right in front of him and then he just slapped him, you go, okay, I saw a, even though that's mad i sort of get it because in the heat of the moment but you've had to fucking walk up to the game on that like, walk
0: it's the adrenaline is building rather than subsiding right yeah the anger I guess is so. like because even like even after he's done it he goes and sits down and he's still yeah. fucking absolutely furious you know yeah he is like, like he's like he's, uh, he's, I, he's, he's, I know it's bad I like, I, like as a comedian I just felt for, like, Chris Rock in a way of, like, I, 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 like mate, when, when Chris Rock is, like, on stage at the end of it, and, like, is like, and he's like, keep your name, keep a name out of my mouth, uh, your mouth and all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, okay, fine, I will. And it's like, yeah. like, we've all, as comedians, like, had something that's happened to us, and we've had that moment where you're like, oh, mate, it's a comedy show. Do you know? I've had, like, yeah. like genuinely, I remember, when, like, doing stand-up, doing it in Croydon, having a joke about something, and then someone calling me and threatening me. Like, yeah. you know, because he thought I was joking about him. Like, it's a sort of moment of, like, so... And and that monologue is, for whatever reason, the Oscars has become slightly a roast. It's, it, I think it's... That's something that's probably happened more in the last, sort of, 10, 15 years. It's lent into this, sort of... Like, these award shows become more about rinsing well, let, people. Let, let,
1: let, well, let, let's be absolutely honest. It's a, it's a fucking joke that they have the Oscars. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? It's
1: like... It's like these people are acting in fucking films. Like, like they've won the lottery of life. And then on top of that, they get this fucking awards, they, this award ceremony where they're given like
0: gift bags. Also, just to guests. say, I always feel like it's never representative of what anyone's watching. <laughs> like, I know. Like, why is Marvel and films? I know like they don't need a fucking leg up. Why didn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, why, but the, why, the amount Infinite, of people watch it, Infinite, like Spider-Man, in, in, the new Spider-Man, yeah. the amount of joy. And that's like such an amazing piece of work. Infinity Wars should have mopped up. Yeah, but even just fucking have how it looks. Yeah. Like, you know, and those things aren't easy to write with that amount of characters. Yeah, yeah. anyway, we, I, I think, I suspect we
1: might be sounding ignorant to film connoisseurs <laughs> here, but I'm yep. happy to live with that. But, uh, but, but I, look, I, for my, and I, I, I've talked about this a bit, obviously it's only happened a, a day ago, but like, I just thought it was fucked up that Will Smith did. i tell you what I think is fucked up. I understand that Will Smith was angry on behalf of his wife I also think that Will Smith is going through something at the moment. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, he yeah. sort of bears all the hallmarks of somebody that's that's struggling a bit, if I'm being honest. Um, I just think that there's... I just think... I believe there's something going on there. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know what it is, and I'm speculating. Even with his speech, you know, it felt like. Yeah, yeah, it's just something going on with that guy. So you, you do have to give him... Oh, yeah, yeah. With that in mind, you give him a bit of like a bit of benefit of the doubt. But the fact of the matter is you can't, you just can't fucking go up and, and slap somebody. I realize that what Chris Rock said, I, I, and the other thing is I don't know whether Chris Rock knew about the alopecia or not, you know, and there are, it's a very complicated issue with identity and black women and their hair and stuff like that. And, And Jada Pinkett had been, Jada Pinkett Smith had been very open about her struggles with alopecia on Instagram and stuff like that. Whether Chris Rock knew that or not, I don't know.
0: The thing but about Chris Rock, as well as a comedian, this might sound insane. Like I don't, oh, and I'm a massive fan of himself. Uh, he never feels like someone who's out for getting just a cheap laugh at someone else no. to be met. He doesn't feel like ever like a mean guy who's just out there. Yeah. Like some of his stand up, and you yeah, know, I'd say anyone who enjoys stand up you know Chris is amazing, right? But I, I, yeah. it doesn't feel like he'd just be being nasty just for the sake of being. It feels no. like whether it's just a sort of
1: it was a very like, it was a very kind of. If if Jada Pinkett Smith hasn't got alopecia, that is a very tame joke. It's yeah, a very yeah. soft joke, right? We can, you know, look. We can argue about whether it was a good joke or not, but I don't think that's really relevant. It's a very soft joke, right? Um, if she has got alopecia, it's, it, it gives it a bit more edge, and yeah, yeah. she was obviously upset by it. But what I don't understand, what I do not understand, is how you how anybody is allowed to get up. Slap the host, sit down, and collect your Oscar a half an hour later. How, yeah. how,
0: like how? How the fuck is that allowed like to happen? If that happened at a golf club, you'd fucking would yeah. be a Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thrown out, right?
1: And then, and then the Oscars are going. Yeah. They're investigating it now. What are you talking about?
0: It's, it's yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's. I mean, like, my problem is, you know, our problem
1: is, is that we're always, always going to side with the comedian on this. You know yeah, I mean?
0: but like, also, I, I can't, there's a part of me that can see where we'll come, like. Like you say, like their their issues as a couple have been quite out. You know, we they're there to rip, be read, right? There's the situations yeah. that they've got themselves in. It's quite yeah. clear that they're in quite a tough, quite a tough time in their marriage, right? So things like this, where if she's upset and you're going for a bit, that that will feel a lot bigger. I'm not making any excuses because I completely, you know, I completely cyber Chris and 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 like, but I, I do think it's a quite a when you're going through any sort of unstable time in your marriage or in your life, any moment like that feels so, so big. Mm. And like any gesture that you feel like I've dropped the ball there or I should have probably done so more about that. You can, you know, you can go back and look like he, he might've just, yeah. And like even his speech afterwards, I found like, and his behavior really, even at the, when you see like, you know, it's sort of like, he's it, not like going, oh fuck man. It's like he feels a bit like he's sort of made a bit of a joke out of it. And I think, you know, yeah, actually as well, you know, it's worth saying that Chris Rocker sort of, I think, handled it with, with dignity as mate, well. Right.
1: it was, uh, and also the fact that he's he's not, bait, mate, he's not sort of gone into town on it. He's just sort
0: of like being quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Will Smith yeah. has
1: just issued a statement about it. Hold on. Oh, is he?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to do it in like sort of Fresh Prince sort of rap or just read it out? Yeah. Uh,
1: violence is rock. No, I shouldn't do that as a bit. Uh, violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behaviour at last night's Academy Wars is unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my, at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear and I reacted emotionally. I'd like to apologise publicly to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees and everyone watching around the world. I'd like to apologize to the Williams family and, and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what had been an otherwise gorgeous journey for us all. I am a work in progress. Um, it was, he didn't apologize at all on the night to Chris Rock. Did he? Like he was, no, I don't know. It's, 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 It's so fucked up, man.
0: It's a difficult one brother. Yeah. Right, do you want to do some emails? I have to be quick, boy.
1: Here we go. Um, dear, so this is uh, this email is from the fruit bat, and it says, uh, "Dear Wolf and Swan, I've only recently discovered the podcast. I've just caught up with all the episodes. Absolutely love the pod. Keep up the good work. I'm quite a quandary, and I'm hoping the Wolf and Al can de- help in deciding what I should do. My parents have been married for thirty years. Just over a year ago, my mum started to come quite withdrawn." seemed to be spending all waking moments on her phone. She was totally disengaged with any conversation I tried having with her and seemed like she was always thinking about something else. For a bit of background, my dad has suffered with severe depression in the past and the behavior my mother was exhibiting was the behaviors my dad showed shortly uh, when he was going through this. Due to my mother's behavior, I started to worry that she could be suffering in silence like my dad did. I tried speaking to her about it, but she didn't open up and said that she was fine. One evening when she left her phone unattended, I unlocked it and took a look at her messages. I can already feel the wrath of the wolf and coming down on me for this. And I believe, believe me, I couldn't feel more guilty for doing this. I totally regret it and wish I'd never looked. But it did come from a place of worry and care. I didn't expect to find what I discovered, but it turns out my mum's having an affair. I didn't read many of the messages, but let's just say uh, I was left in doubt. I, w- I, I was left in no doubt about what was going on. I have a turbulent relationship with my dad. He's previously stated he suffers with depression. And I do not, so I do not blame my mum for cheating on him. However, I do believe it's wrong. My dad is not an easy person to live with. And I don't think my mum has loved him for some time. I've kept what I discovered to myself and moved out of the family home about four months ago. So I thought that pretending not to know anything would get easier. However, in the last couple of months, my dad has started mentioning to me that he thinks my mum is cheating on him with another man. Every time he says this, I brush up his comments, quickly change the subject. But now I feel I'm part of the deception that I'm lying to my dad. I'm now stuck not knowing whether to tell my mum I know or let my dad, tell my dad or uh, we'll continue as I have and keep the whole thing under my hat. My mum is a person to, I'm close to in the world. I'm really worried that saying something will ruin my relationship with her. Apologies for the long email. Kind regards to fruit bat, uh,
0: Tomo. Wow. Um, this was a bit, a bit of a weird one, actually, because uh, yeah, it's uh, like not with my parents, but there's an element of like it's a bit like it's a situation that happened sort of within my family, and uh, I think that the. Biggest thing is speaking to your mother and having a discussion to say that you know, so that you're clear with her about, because I think the worst thing that can happen in any situation like this is what you've got now is you've got three bit different people who ultimately are sort of related and, and should be the closest people that you have in your life. And all three of them are quite lonely and, you know, keeping secrets and, and, and or, or feeling sort of quite distant from each other. And actually, I think be talking to your mother and saying look you know I feel like bad because I've done this but you know showing her a bit of support as to the reason that you know why but also I think like getting your mum at some point to speak to your dad and, and sort of say what's going on because I think I think what can happen is in this situation like this is you sort of you just life is short and I think that you're going to have your mum is living by the sound of things, being pretty unhappy. Your dad is living, being pretty unhappy. And no matter the fact that they've been together all this time, I think that it it takes a lot of courage and it takes, you know, to walk away from something rather than just live being really, really sad. And I think that, I think you, um, yeah, I think you, you, yeah, speak to your mum and then try and work out a way that she can move forward and your dad can move forward in a way, you know, because if he already knows, he knows, you know, and it's not something that, um... It's only going to be a matter of time before he finds out. And I think for your mum, I think there'll be a certain, you know, it's going to be very hard to deal with, but I think actually for her to turn around and actually speak to your dad about it will sully it less and make it, you know, not quite as difficult as it has to be. But yeah, man, it's a hard one. And my thoughts go out to you, Fruit Pat. Bless you. Yeah.
1: Fruit but thanks for emailing in, man. I I, I would echo what Tom said. Uh, my, my, my dad... Um, my dad had um he had numerous affairs uh cheated on my mum numerous times uh one in particular for like a longer time and um yeah it's a very difficult thing to go through as a as a child of that um knowing that that's going on in fact that i had a slightly different situation where my mum found out and i i just couldn't I feel sorry for my mum, and I've apologized to her for it since, but I couldn't believe that my dad would do that, so even when she even when they were talking about it, I just would I'd put the blame on my mum and go, "You're just making this up, Dad would never do that, but it turned out it turned out he did regularly but uh what my advice to you would be uh fruit bat is exactly what Tom said, which is it's not really your responsibility to tell your dad. I think that what you need to do is, like Tom said, talk to your mum and sort of explain to her that you think that she should have a chat with him because the truth is is that if she doesn't want to be with your dad then they need to split up really um and uh and then if she doesn't still what doesn't want to do that i think you just have to live with it do you know what i mean i I'm, let's hope that she sort of sees the the value in 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 telling him but if she decides not to my personal advice would be and obviously i'm not an expert and i'm speaking from pure ignorance here it would be that you it's not you that tells your dad it's it's got to be it's got to come from your mum and and you know i think if you explain it from your side of things and explain the situation to her and also what you said in this email which is that you love your mum to bits and you understand why she would have done that um i think that's the way to go with it um it's a really difficult thing to go through mate and um for you to email in and tell us about it is is a big thing, so uh, we don't take that lightly. So, so thanks very much, and and good luck with it, mate. I hope it I hope it works out all right. Okay, Tom, Yo. you've got to go because we've made the rookie error yet again of not recording it at the weekend. But we should be proud. Let's, to- let's
0: always look at positives. Okay. We, we, there would have been a time where we'd just gone, oh, let's just not do one. We've done it. Yeah. We're here. Done it. Namaste. Yeah. 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 Let, me just, let me just say a few things. Okay, sure. Deirdre Polycast was a ferocious woman and she would often get herself in scrapes. Like times when she'd sit on the bus and she would play her music without earphones and if someone complained to her, she'd say, What's your problem? Why are you being? And I ask, Oh man, you've got such a problem. Or times when she would go to a holiday resort and she would have parties all through the night. And when her neighbors from the uh, adjoining uh, apartments would knock on her door and say, Oh, can you keep the music down and the noise down? She'd say, What's your problem? Why don't you like parties? Or if she was at a restaurant, she'd shout. Or if someone trod in the dog poo that she didn't pick up, she'd say, what's your problem? And one day, she asked an elderly gentleman by the name of Todd Grit. She said, "Here, she was walking down the street, she dropped some litter. And he said, excuse me, are you going to pick that litter up? And she said, what, is it your street? What's your problem? And Todd Grit said to Deirdre, My problem is you, you are the problem, but you're the problem in yourself because somewhere deep inside, you've lost the love of yourself. So you're constantly going around trying to find arguments and trying to upset people just to make yourself feel validated. The truth of the matter is, maybe you could love yourself a little bit more and you wouldn't be searching for problems. You'd be searching for answers of how you could be better. I guess what I'm trying to say, guys, is if you know Deirdre, someone who's always kicking up and being aggressive or being too in your face, don't look to knock her down. Look to pick her up and ask her, yo, Deirdre, you okay? Things okay, girl? You know it's gonna be okay. You got a friend in me. Shout out to our Grit. <laughs>
1: It's always the ending, isn't it? That's a bit sticky. Uh, <laughs> what, um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, yes, uh, yes, yes. and thank you to everybody that came to the live shows last week. More live that shows week. to be
0: announced for week. Yes,
1: uh, it was it was amazing, man. We had such a great time. And and we're coming and, north, yeah. And please do get in touch uh, if you uh, with suggestions for how I open the podcast for next time. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, take care of yourselves. Much love.